Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From the beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code UNFILTERED20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologically tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making your look extra fine. Tap off the kit with the Beard Bomb, a uh, pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. Manscaped Beer Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 318. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. Well, it's been a while since all three of us have been on. It has. But it's a special occasion. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's I Day, choo, guys. I choo, choo, choose you guys. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. I hate, I, hate, I hate Valentine's Day. It's a hallmark <laughs> holiday that means nothing. Fully invented crap holiday that's over commercialized and pointless. I give my wife everything she needs every other day. I'm not there. So, all she needs. Everything she's asked for. That's right. <laughs> I'm not there. And I could care less if she had someone else there. <laughs> she has access to your paycheck. <laughs> Whatever all she wants (laughs) exactly all right so uh for this episode we're going to talk a little bit about the last three games which are a win streak for the canadians uh we'll talk about some injury talk some trade talk uh, some contracts have been signed so why don't we start with the injuries and the addition of arbor jackeye to the injured list with him being placed on, well, they haven't placed him on IR yet, but he's out indefinitely. They didn't with an upper body injury. 
which is clearly a shoulder after that fight against uh, DeHarnay in, uh, in the Edmonton game. So why don't we just start with you, Treg, because you haven't been on in a while. What, what do you say about this? I mean, there's not much you can do about it. I mean, he hurt his shoulder, uh, pound in the face of a, of another guy who some Edmonton guy fan on Twitter said that he ragdolled Jack Eye, throwing that one punch that missed. Yeah, sure, ragdolled him all right. Um, sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I hurt his shoulder. Uh, he pointed to his shoulder as he skated off, so you knew everyone knew right away. I, I think he popped his shoulder out. Um, so if this is the first time he's done that, it's probably going to be a three to four week recovery. Um, if he's done it multiple times, then might be sooner. Um, it just adds to the already mound of injuries that the Habs have. Um, but, um, he's not a guy that's on the trade block. He's not a guy that, you know, they're looking to move or anything. So really in the end, we just lose a good defenseman that brought that grit to the game. Uh, although I, we're going to talk about tonight's game that was kind of brought by some other people tonight. So, uh, um, yeah, I hate to see him go. He's one, as you guys know, he's one of my favorite players on the team. So, uh, and I do have an Arbor Jack Eye jersey that I got for Christmas. So I'm quite happy about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd rather him take the time off, get better and, uh, if he has to take the rest of the season, he got to take the rest of the season. I don't think it'll be the rest of the season. He'll probably be back last month of the season. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. it's tough to lose uh, him. But yeah, what it is. I'll just say the same thing Greg said. Like he's a he's a fan favorite. He's really grown on me over the year, and it, it's it's a tough loss. Is and another young player that's been turning heads for the Canadians. Um, and, and it's an you know an unfortunate injury. He didn't have to fight, but he's a guy that doesn't really he doesn't turn them down. Um, it was kind of a nothing play, and it, it really didn't have anything to do with him. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're dropping the gloves in the corner, and um, you know the camera's still on uh, Evander Kane and Josh Anderson hacking in front of the net. So as I said, it was a he's. He's thrown a hell of a lot more bombs than this this season. He's thrown a lot bigger hits. It's it's a freak thing. Uh, hopefully he'll heal up. If he needs to take off a little bit extra time to heal up to make sure that it's going to be uh, healed properly, you, you do that. At this point in the season, it's not like the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. Um, so, well... <laughs> Shocking. Right? Way to go out on a limb there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but... I just I want him to heal up, right? That's the most important thing. And 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 speaking of speaking of healing up, we're seeing other guys starting to take the next step in their in their uh, healing process. Gooley's back on the ice, long ways away, but the fact that he's out there skating is a is it a positive sign? So is uh, Monahan and and, and Edmondson, yeah. Yeah. So with the with the Jack Eye injury, you can tell when he was in the fight, Dale now had. Uh, he grabbed his uh, the uh, the Canadian sweater on Jack Eye, and he was he just pulled it in a certain he pulled it down and towards his own right as Jack Eye was reaching out and it kind of hyperextended and you know it was just bad timing and it, stuff like that will happen sometimes. Props to Darnay. As soon as uh, Jack Eye went down, he yeah. he stopped. He he didn't throw yep. any punches or any. And he said in an interview, he knew something was wrong because he just put himself down. As soon as I knew saw, as soon as I noticed he was putting himself down on the ice, I knew something was up. So he says he didn't want to see anybody get hurt, which is a funny comment to be made from a guy who was just throwing a fist in the other guy's face. <laughs> well, Darnay never hit on any punches uh but jack eyes true his, you know. no it, and like it, it, the fighting in hockey is it's it's there for a reason they, nobody wants to hurt the other guy like injury wise maybe just you know like bruises and shit but that's about it i just found it kind of funny <clears throat> um now talking about monahan and edmondson uh matt did you have any more information on that not that they're giving out <laughs> unfortunately can you make some up i wish i could um st still no updates on the and either of these players um 
we saw them we saw monahan skating for a little bit and then they were like hey we have don't really have any more news but um paul byron started skating so you guys can start talking about that if you want who go over right? here so <laughs> oh look a balloon <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um I have a theory that uh, Edmondson and Monaghan are closer than we think, and they're keeping them off the ice on purpose. It could That's be. Instead theory. of making those stupid posts out uh, for trade purposes. Yeah. Yeah. That That's my theory. I don't know if that's actually it, but that that's my theory. It could, work. it could very well be. And they're just telling other GMs, yeah, we know they're not skating, but we just don't want them to get hurt. So that's why we're not... Uh, I, I don't really know this. I don't have, I'm not an insider. Seven hours. So, uh, uh, I, that's just my look on things. Uh, what they looked all right when they were skating. Of course, they haven't took any conduct or anything like that, but I don't know. Well, according to our insider, at McLean's pub, they look just fine walking around, eating and drinking <laughs> in the, in the bar. They did. So... They did. They did. Um, and that's actually right. fact <laughs> that is fact that's about as inside as it gets um all right so we'll move on to the games <clears throat> as we record it is tuesday the 14th it's valentine's day for the next hour in the atlantic provinces anyway um and the canadians just beat the shit out of chicago Shocker, I know. Um, for nothing, Allen gets a shutout. And I have to say that despite the four goals, three quarters of that game was pretty fucking boring. That was a terrible game. It was. It was a pretty boring game to watch. Like until I, the third period. I like I like how both teams kind of amped up the physicality a little bit. There was a little bit a uh, little bit there to watch when certain guys were on the ice, but for the most part, though, quite the sleeper of a game. I mean, there was like 18 total shots through the first two periods or something like that, or? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was and, terrible. And the boredom of the first half of the game isn't because of the Canadians. It is Chicago intentionally just grinding games down to uh, an uh, almost a nearly unwatchable level. I don't know how people in Chicago sit through the games. I know... Chicago is trying to rebuild and they're tanking this year on purpose, trying to get Bedard. I get it. But at the same time, why not try to, I don't know, put something fun on on the ice, something watchable. Well, think of how much worse it's going to get when we hit the trade deadline, when they have assets that are under manageable contracts like Domi, Athos and CU, maybe, maybe someone takes a, a flyer on Jack Johnson um, then you've got Jonathan Murphy. Taves and you've got Patrick Kane. So imagine all of those guys move. How much more of a stinker of a team is that going to be? By design. Well, wow. exactly. Right. Look how the tank's going for Montreal as they put an exciting young team out there that's actually trying. Right. Um, they're actually headed towards not being in the bottom 10 than they are towards being in the bottom five. Right. I mean, I we all agree. Go that we far. all we all agree that Montreal was not going to finish in the bottom five from the start of the season. I still don't think they will. I don't think they're going to fall out of the bottom ten. Yeah. Uh, I believe because no. they have a pretty hard schedule coming up. I think Chicago's their last really easy game, and then from now until pretty much the end of the season, I do believe there's things players going to be moved at the trade deadline. Uh, I believe we saw one play in Nets tonight. I think Jake Allen's on the table. Uh, and I think you can thank Montebo's play for that. Um, I'm not saying he will get moved, but I wouldn't be shocked if Jake Allen, uh, um, I don't think he's going to be adamantly opposed to being, uh, I don't think Hughes is going to be adamantly opposed to trading him either. No, someone calls. Um, So, uh, uh, so Montreal's going to get worse. I still think they finish around seventh last is where I think they're going to end up. I believe they're eighth last right now. Um, after their win today. Um, but I think it's only after three straight freaking wins that they moved up two spots, but it's just because everyone else is, uh, is, is playing. So shit. Vancouver's playing terrible. San Jose is playing terrible. Yeah. Arizona's yeah. actually Arizona's not playing all that bad. Uh, 
Columbus and Chicago and everyone Nashville. else, St. St. Louis, everyone's just playing crappy hockey. And like Montreal had 11 days out and they actually moved up in the standings without playing a game. <laughs> like, like, how does that work? You know, they haven't played for 11 days and they're, they're, you know, they're reaching the playoffs almost. Um, so that far, but yeah, well, no, but you know what I mean? Like they're, so like right now, Montreal, one, two, three, yeah, they're still seventh. Um, but I don't know if this was updated Yeah, Three wins in a row, seventh. So, but they're only one point away from eighth. They're only four points from the 10th. Uh, just because Philly, Ottawa, well, Ottawa's playing already, but St. Louis is crappy. Philly's crappy. Um, Buffalo's starting to lose again. Uh, if that's where the Canadians, uh, schedule that's coming up is going to play a factor in this because yeah. they have to play Boston a bunch of times, Carolina, uh, Washington. They got all these games against them, these really strong, Good, teams. strong teams. Yeah, there's no way they're gonna. It, there's no way they're gonna be able to keep this at the pace that they've had since the All Star break up. Like, I mean, is this the first time this season they've had three in a row, or is it the second? I, I, I think it's the second, but. Uh, until they had that six game losing streak, they never lost three games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're, they, they they're, win they're... one, lose two, win two, lose three. Right. But they, well, and then, then they had that, I think what was it was six or seven games they lost in a row or whatever it was there yeah. around Christmas time. That was their biggest losing. But if you really think about it, you take those seven losses out. They're not like uh, Grant uh, McKegg said. They're playing at a five fifty six rate over their last uh, twelve games or so, or twenty games or something like that. He goes, if they kept that up all year, they're fighting for a playoff spot. So, but they can't, and that's with all the injuries. That's with all the injuries, yeah. yeah. Right. But I mean, they are relying on like young guys trying to like Ro- Harvey Pernard. He's yeah. trying to play for a spot. Like yeah. he's you know, so he's going to give it hundred and ten percent. Yolonen's going out. Given a hundred, you know, all these young guys. Yeah, Belzil's doing the same. Belzil's doing the same. Right? Like, Belzil's on. Only got his NHL goal. Yeah, Belzil's on his last uh, hurrah to make the NHL, so he has to go out there and do whatever he can. Like you know, what I mean, and then you have guys like uh, uh, Druin and Huffman, and they're all like, "Wait a minute here!" Like they they woke up and they're finally, you know. Although I thought Druin's been all right all year, he's just been injured, so. You know, still like pace for 40 points, which is not, has, not a yeah. goal. Druin has 17 assists in what 30, 31 games, something like that. 30, 30 games, games. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you mentioned he doesn't have a goal, but do you really give a shit if the guy has no goals in 40 assists or 20 goals in 20 assists? It's the same thing because it's it still 40 matter. goals. It's still 40 goals. This is, see, this is what bothers me about. Some fans, they're like, oh, well, he can't score. I could give a shit. If he had 82 assists, that's still 82 points in the season. It's a point per game player. When Wayne Gretzky had the 215 points, he only scored 55 goals. Only. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, like think about yeah, it. He had over 200 exactly. points, but he only had 55 goals, right? Yep. But, you just but had that's still like 215 goals added to the team's total. Correct. That's what I understand about people. Like, yeah. yes. Would it look better if Drew and popped a couple in the net? Sure. But no one argues when a guy scores 40 goals and no, Stefan Riche, 51 goals and what? 15 assists? Yeah. No one. Oh, but he scored 50 goals. Yeah, but he only contributed to 66 goals in the entirety. I don't know. <laughs> and since Drewing's come back from injury, the Habs power play has looked a lot better. It looked good before he went on his injury too, not just, you know. Yeah, but it's producing now. But that's what I'm saying. When Drewing before he got injured, it was producing when he was on it as well. Yeah. I think Matheson has a lot to do with that too, because I think Matheson's playing well on the power play. So uh, Barron, he looked good on the power play tonight, scored that goal. And uh, uh, he was really coming along in the AHL with Laval on the power play. He was their big power play guy. Um, an old coach of his, I think, told me once, he, it's a mental thing for him and he's slow. But then again, that old coach that told me that's pretty slow too. So I wasn't sure if he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Um, no, I mean, with Drewing back, doing what he's doing, helping the power play, if the Canadians eat 50% of his cap for the at the trade deadline, someone is going to take him. And you're probably going to get a third round pick for him. Or so, like, like yeah. I read on, I don't know why, but I read on Facebook in one of my articles, which didn't mention Druin at all. <laughs> but the guy said, no one's going to take, uh, you know, he said something about picks and, you know, I wouldn't even bother taking the picks. I would just keep them to the end of the year. And then someone else popped up and said, so what you're telling me, if someone offered you a third and a fourth for Druin and Huffman, you'd say no. Like, what are you, an idiot? You know what I mean? Like, but he hates them so much that they deserve so to leave much the team. That they deserve to leave the team, but I'm not trading them to anybody. I'm just going to let them walk at the end of the season. Like, like people just – let's lose some rationale here. Dad enough, if Hughes is smart, which he is, he's going to sit there and go, look what he's done on every other team but ours. Obviously, this is an anomaly that he's just not fitting in either with our system or he's just not happy in Montreal. Drew in. This guy's a 50-point guy almost on average per year when healthy. If he's healthy for you in the playoffs, he's going to be an asset. Huffman can help your power play. Same thing. No, same thing. You know what I mean? These because Huffman's second... going to be a little bit of a harder move because he's got another Because year he has the extra contract, year. Right? Like I, I'm not sure if Huffman will go. I just think Huffman would be – if another team's looking for that secondary scoring, Huffman's the, one of the better guys we have. Yeah. But at the same I, time – I just think he'll be the hardest team... one to move. Maybe, but at the same time, teams are looking for guys with term now mm-hmm. because having two uh, two playoff runs with a guy is beneficial, but at the same time, you need that cost certainty. So you're going to pay all of these assets for a rental and he walks away. Now you're out those assets and you may not have had a chance to win. At least here with a guy like that, you'll pay less in assets to bring them on board because you're taking cap. And you'll get two chances to win something because of it. And you've paid less. So it's just a cost analysis that teams are doing now that they hadn't in the past because of the flat cap. So he has some value, not a ton, but he's got some. Everyone has value. And that's the, and that's the problem that people don't understand. Just because a player shitty on your team doesn't mean he's going to be shitty on another team. And, and, and so look you at have their to underlying look- numbers. You have to look at the past. You have to look at their overall average. And then you have to go, all right. I mean, Huffman had, what, 17 goals last year? And Huffman's a 20 to 30 goal scorer. I don't think he scored 30, yeah. but he's in that 20 to 30 range. And in Montreal, he had 17. He had injury issues in Montreal, too. Uh, this year, now he's on pace for, you know, he's going to get 15, 16 goals again this year with Montreal. But Montreal's a crappy team. Nobody's scoring on Montreal. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like Dadanov. I don't think Dadanov wants to be in Montreal. I think he's just there because, well, I'm out, of, I'm out of I'm out of Vegas, right? So Dadanov can be a good like I look at Washington when I think of Dadanov because I think that'd be a perfect spot for him. Um, and uh, you know, I just. You can't just look at what the player's doing on your team. You got to look at the overall value of the player. Now, I'm not saying these guys are going to get first round picks. I'm not saying they're going to get second round picks, but you're still going to get something for them. Someone's going to look at them and go, you know what? I think this guy will be useful here. Yes, maybe you might have to eat 50% of Druin's salary. So what? It's only till the end of the year. And then <laughs> then it's gone. Yeah. Right. So on your point, though, looking at the player and what his strengths are, Hoffman, when he was signed by the Canadians, was brought in as a power play specialist, the shooter, the sniper. Who's been in that sniper position in the power play most of the year until just recently? Caulfield. Caulfield. Not Hoffman, where he, that's his strength. That's where he gets a lot of his points. He pads his stats with power play time. And teams look for that. So every year prior to joining the Canadians, he's been a power play specialist. He gets to the Canadians and the one spot that he's really good at in the power play, they don't put him in that until now. And suddenly he's producing. So that value is still there. 
and, and that that's the point I'm trying to make. And people don't look at they look at the what they're doing right now. And I mean, Huffman's not going to play great defense for you. Although I have seen Huffman do some very good defensive plays. Um, you're muted. Um, I have seen him in the defensive zone a couple times. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, like, but you, everyone knows the type of person they're going to get. I mean, I know the tank commanders, they look, a lot of them are the analytical guys that look at all the analytics and like Josh Anderson's the worst player to ever play hockey and uh, all this kind of stuff. And they don't understand why GMs value these guys is because they value them for all the things they bring that you can't read on a stat sheet. That's why they value them. So watch him in the playoffs. That's why he's valued. Look at what he did to the Leafs in the first round. Yeah. He beat the snot out of them to the point where they, they kind of broke down and the Canadians were able to take advantage of them. Suck it, advanced stats. Suck it. I mean, don't give me advanced stats are important. <laughs> they're important evaluating a player, but to but look it, at one, they're a good tool. Good, that's what I mean. But you, you can't just look at the advanced stats and go, well, this guy's terrible. Like, yes, Josh Anderson cannot pass a puck. Yes. We all know this, right. You know, but he can shoot, he can skate, he can hit, he can, uh, he's not bad defensively. Uh, he can open ice for a player, other players on his line. Um, he brings that tan, that grit. He brings that tangible that you just can't count. You know what I mean? Like he, 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 you know, he tires out defenders from his play, from his, his hard nosed gritty play. You can't read that on a stat sheet. Um, could he get a first? Well, I wrote an article that thought he could get Justin Wolf, uh, Dustin Wolf off uh, off of Calgary, and I still think you could get Dustin Wolf from Calgary with Josh Anderson in the deal. Now Montreal might have to add something, right? Because right now Dustin Wolf's the best goalie not playing in the NHL, but uh, he's the best in the world, absolute greatest in the entire world. I wouldn't go that far because if he was. Well, if he flames here's my too. here's my other argument to those flame fans so why did you sign uh uh what's his name uh the backup there to an extension if wolf was this great goalie that you know is ready to take over you don't do that but anyway that's that's just my vladder why did why did you sign vladder to an extension then if he's so good <laughs> right obviously anyway calgary wants anderson Montreal wants a young goaltender that's almost NHL ready. What's the deal? But also, Anderson would probably be able to get more than just Wolf out of that deal because of his value in those intangibles. And goalies' values. Goalies have a lesser value. Goalies, you can get goalies cheaper than you can get regular players. You always could. So, yes, Fame fan, I understand Wolf is the greatest player not the nhl in the universe um and if it wasn't for the fact you had two goalies signed the longer term contracts he'd be in the nhl i get it yeah i get all your excuses um absolutely but i still believe you could i you know what i would see a first wolf and luchik for anderson yes and luchik would just be yep. just be a money flop money flip that's all it would be and he he walks at the end of the year because he's a free agent I mean, people will, will hear this and go, Wilson's an idiot. You're going to give all that for Anderson? Yeah, I think you could get that from Calgary They because they need a player like Anderson because Huberto ain't it. <laughs> I mean, I've been hearing people say Wilson's an idiot for years, and it wasn't even because of this. No, I mean, I hear it every day at home when I'm home. Sometimes, and I know she's done this, she has recorded that and sent it to you via email. So you hit play. Ah. Oh, I miss home. Wilson's an idiot. Ah, there we go. <laughs> and she even says Wilson. She doesn't say, yeah, my husband's yeah, an idiot. No. It's Wilson's an idiot. That's right. Yeah. The volleyball is smarter. <laughs> <laughs> she wants you on that desert island. She I needs want, you on that desert island. I want to be on that desert island. Trust me. <laughs> it's a beach holiday. Yeah, we're here to rescue. I'm good. <laughs> I sailed here on purpose. Yeah, I I I, I learned how to fish. I'm good. <laughs> I can do <laughs> the spear thing pretty good now. 
Look, fire. <laughs> All right. Um, talked a little bit about the trade values there. Now, in the, just before the game against the Blackhawks, the Canadians were talking, uh, the Canadians press was talking to Patrick Kane about Kirby Doc, oddly enough. And this is what he had to say. I'm going to bring it up. Uh, here we go. So Doc is clearly, he's on a, he's on a, a career year now. We've been watching his explosion through the season and he's really turning into that big physical centerman that the Canadians have been looking for and what he was expected of him. Now he's not a top line player yet or anything, but he's looking way better. Uh, what? 12 points in the last 16 games, 17 games. Um, so when asked, Kane said, he's not surprised by doc's explosion. He's, he said, and this is, I'm quoting Kane quote, what is he? 21, 22. It takes time sometimes. And he was probably rushed into the league player playing fourth line minutes, getting sat out games. It's probably the, it's probably not the best thing for your development. Unquote. And he's right. You've got a 20 year old on your roster. You're he's your next one. You don't you don't do that. Like it, all the arguments that people have had about Slavkovsky's development through the season, do that for three years, and that's what Doc went through. There's a bit of a difference though, because Slavkovsky was well, no, maybe not. No, no, really, it was big a difference, really. They both came in at eighteen. Hmm. I guess you have to see where Slavkovsky goes next year. And that's the thing. It's one thing to have a slow burn on the development path in your first season, trying to give them, you know, little bits here and there. But to do it over three years and just never change that approach, never give more, don't don't build on anything, and just leave them idling in that lower tier and that's where doc was the entire time in chicago i'm sure that slavkowski next season is likely is going to be given a larger role to see what he can take on and that's development that's you move ahead maybe maybe they move him back down to the ahl or something i don't know but with doc he just hovered at that lower level except in the playoffs in the bubble he was he was excellent because he was given a larger role. Um, also, it depends on what they're doing with Slavkowski away from the ice. Like there, there, there was a reason they kept him in Montreal. They wanted him in Montreal. I know they kept saying we want him to work on the stuff away from the puck and work on this and work on that. But uh, you don't really know what they were really, you know, because you only see the game product. You don't see what's going on behind and what they were working on. I did notice Slavkowski get better at his game and at other areas of his game the entire season, uh, even though he wasn't scoring. Um, however, you have two wingers that are going to be three wingers. Well, one hasn't played this year, but two wingers that are going to be completely gone next year. Uh, so there's two people he's not fighting for a spot. Um, whether he gets a second line or a, I don't see why he couldn't, especially if they're going to keep Doc permanently at center. Why not? What I mean, next year they're not competing next year to win for the playoffs. I don't think either. So, oh, why not? Yeah. Well, we've seen with Doc, they 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 kind of had to put him up on the top line as like, out of necessity because with the injuries that they've had, but he kind of found his game a little bit more given that responsibility playing on the big line with Caulfield and Suzuki, and now that he's on the second line and he's playing the role that he was really brought in for to play center he's bumped up the value or bumped up the game of the guy, the guys that he's playing with. Look at Huffman. Yeah. Since Doc went to center and Huffman was his winger, you could probably look at that and go, this is another reason why Huffman's game is right. Gone up so well. Cause so Doc is doing everything right, but face off. So I do like, I do like what you're, what you're talking about slotting him in 
with Doc next season, or at least trying it out in the preseason. Um, we saw kind of a small sample size of him playing with a a better center when they played him with with Monahan, and it was starting to starting to uh, develop a little bit of a chemistry. So it's unfortunate, obviously, that injury occurred, and likely Monahan's going to be traded. But it was a, a sample size of maybe things to come. I mean, I do believe if Doc gets better on his faceoffs, he could maybe surpass Suzuki as the number one center. He could. But then again, Suzuki's on the same trajectory as Bergeron. Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron has only scored over 75 points once in his career. Once. Yeah. But he's right? a sure 100% Hall of Famer. That Correct. Can, that can just do everything on the ice. And Suzuki's Looking. tracking, tracking on that. But if you can get a one A one B situation with those two, yeah, who it. cares? Yeah, go for it. Like you can I, call I'm, any which one top guy. Yeah, I'm not sitting here going, "Hey, this guy's Nick's better than or Doc's better than Nick or vice yeah. versa." I really don't care who's better than who, as long as because you the middle wins hockey games. You win the middle, you win the hockey game. So if we have two guys that you're arguing should be the number one center, I'm good with that. Have your argument. I don't care which one line they play on. <laughs> you know, what I mean? keep Suzuki with Caulfield because it's working. That's all I care. <laughs> Whatever, but, if you can, think... but, if, but if you can find another piece that's going to play with Doc long term and have that relationship that Suzuki has with Caulfield, that's a huge win. Why not? And, and, and it could be Slavkowski. And Slavkowski is that guy or whoever they draft this year. Um because I honestly believe if they're drafted not in the t- bottom five, they're not really getting a center. They're going to get a center slash probably going to end up playing in the wing. In the, right. And I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that because anyone in that top 10 is going to be an NHL star. Uh, and I'm good with that. I know right. the tank people hate think if we don't get Bedard, we're never going to win a cup for the next 50 years. I do agree that if we don't get a, um, not a generational talent, but if we don't get, uh, I do agree that Suzuki, if we need someone better than Suzuki and Caulfield, we need a franchise player, but I don't, I'm the, I think I'm still out on Caulfield, not being a franchise player. I mean, him healthy, he could have scored 50 goals this year. Yeah. Yeah. He was on pace. He was on pace for 48. Well, you need, you need a sniper. You need a scoring winger to go with your, your top six centers so yeah. i think he fills that bill but the canadians still do need uh, a little bit of a star power as they well need an elite player they need an elite player like someone who you know is going to get you 90 to 100 points yeah they might be able to get that in this draft but likely someone just a, sh- a shade under that i i that, that's what i say i think you're gonna get someone slightly better than nick and cole but not miles ahead of you know what i mean that, that's what I believe. Yeah. And they still need a, a top defenseman. I mean, Gooley has that potential to play on a top pair, play in any situation, but he's more of a, a complimentary number two versus a true number one. And and that's the issue with Montreal right now is they have a lot of top four defensemen, but no one's really a number one defenseman. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? They have star players. But no one's really a superstar player, and and that's where they're. That's what they need. I think that's what they need in that. Uh, and they need a goalie. I don't think Monty's going to be the future. I really don't. No, no, no. God, no. He's definitely not. Although I think, hey, props to him for having a, you know, a, a, a night and day season from last year. Um, I'll tell you that because I didn't think he was an AHL goalie last year, but this year, he certainly. I would trade Allen and be comfortable with him in that. Just yeah, saying. I can see that. Yeah, well, for now, anyway. Yeah, but I, I don't see him there long-term. I don't see him as the number one goalie long-term. That's going to be Dustin Wolf when they uh, make that trade with Calgary. Or Devin Levi. I don't think Buffalo's going to trade Devin Levi. Or Eric Petrillo. Could be Petrillo. But Petrillo could, Petrillo could just decide to go with <laughs> Petrillo could just decide to go with someone else anyway. You can just say, "Well, I'll just wait That's out until my contract's done, and I'll just sign with whoever I want." <laughs> and 
which team can offer him a true chance at a at a top spot? Montreal. That's the thing. Montreal's got that opening. <clears throat> so it, it is enticing, to say the least. Or Calgary eats 50% of Markstrom's contract. And they bring out Wolf. <laughs> but you see that, and, and that's another thing. Like, I get what Calgary fans are saying. Like, I would say the same thing about Dustin Wolf. He was playing in Laval, but where's he going to go and when? Yeah. Bullies don't really have that high of a value anyway. Right. They don't. That, and that's the thing I was trying to say. Like, sure, maybe Montreal might have to add something if Wolf's coming over with a first. Maybe it's it's Anderson in a second or whatever. But I think if Montreal took a contract like Luchik's and yeah. freed up the space for Calgary to get someone else besides Anderson, that's your the argument that the argument that I've seen from um I'm just gonna bring up his stats really quick because they are fucking through the roof. They he has very, very good numbers. Um Wolf, yeah. Oh, he's, he's dominating. He's, he's the very, HL. very he's good. Dominating. Numbers. The 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 argument that I've seen before with Dustin Wolf is the fact that it, about his size, and they're like, we want to see what he can do at the professional level due to his size. Is when he's playing with Everett. Okay, his last season in Everett, um, I'll just say the twenty two games that he played, um, he went. Uh, 18 and three with a 940 save percentage and four shutouts with a 1.80 goals against average. He's in fast forward to this season. You got this six foot goaltender just played at the all-star game. and looked very good. And I believe he was MVP or co-MVP. Trust me, Calgary fans. Let me know. Right. Co-MVP of the all-star game. So this year, 36 games. He's 20, 27, six and one with a nine thirty save percentage, four shutouts and a 2.15 goals against. Hey, those are phenomenal numbers for a goalie that is on the smaller side. And I get why they're maybe a little bit wary of him because of the size, but it's, he has shown that it's 100% not a factor. And if Montreal could find a way to scoop him at a Calgary, but he's also stuck in Calgary because Markstrom's not going anywhere. No. They just signed Vladder. They just extended Vladder for another three years or yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. I, I don't and know, right? Wolf's, um, Wolf's waiver exemption is over. It's over. So if they bring him up, they'd have to put him on waivers to put him down. And, yeah. you know, and, and it just – and this is my point. If they were so keen on Wolf being the next guy in Calgary – why did you extend Balder? Right. I'm just bringing up the numbers. Obviously, they're, obviously, management in Calgary isn't seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing. I guess. Right. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so why bury him? Why, get, why not get something for him? Your Calgary obviously thinks they can contend for a cup. They need forwards. They need wingers. Right. Markstrom they, is signed three more years, $6 million cap. And Vladar is signed two more seasons at 2.2 after this year. So you're still, you you're looking at 2025, 2026 season. And I, and I don't think Dustin Wolf's going to wait that long. Yeah. And then he's the backup for a year, at least a year. Right. Under Markstrom. Right. So. I don't. It'll, think, be, I it'll be interesting. He's he's definitely a huge trade chip. Huge trade. When chip. when's Wolf's contract over? Uh, let's see. He is because he'll be in RFA after next season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of legwork that people are putting in to defend holding on to him in Calgary for a for a guy again. Goaltenders don't hold a lot of value. He's going to have to clear waivers after the training camp, unless they wave a different guy, which I doubt you don't sign a multi-year deal for a backup just to get rid of him. Cause or, now his cap is going to count against the team anyway, yeah. to a certain extent, but there's no know, way, there, but there's no way that a guy like that's going to, going to clear anyway. Like Vladar's, he honestly, he's going to take over the number one job in Calgary. So, Ladar, you think? Yes. Sure, he, he will. Well, Markstrom was signed as your starter. 
they're going to hold on to him. He's just having a bad year. He's going to get another chance next year, no matter what. Yeah. Oh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about just going forward this season. Sure. Yeah. But I'm looking into next season. Markstrom's going to be your starter. He's going to get his chance. Vladar is there as uh, an NHL prepared backup who could fill in every now and then. You're not going to throw Wolf to the Wolves. Haha. No cannibalism here. <laughs> no. But they that. will not choo choo choose him. I don't know. I think if Montreal wants that young goalie, he Wolf's the guy they go after. They already know they already know uh, Calgary wants Anderson. Maybe. Now, I'm not saying I'm not big maybe. on giving up Anderson. I'm not big on giving up Anderson. But if Slavkowski can turn into an Anderson, why do we need Anderson? And you get rid of that I, five I, and a half million dollars. I mean, Wolf's good and all, but I, I don't see him being their target. I really don't. Possible. I see them preying on the Buffalo Sabres who have several really good goaltending prospects and they're going to just wait in the weeds because they know one of them is going to have to be signed or one of them is going to be given that inside track and the other one's going to be pissed off and they'll be able to pick up that, that piece. Yeah. But Buffalo doesn't have any cheaper pro. None of them have played professional hockey. It's all college hockey. Well, they've got Uka Pekaluna. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But he's there. He's already in the NHL. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just saying when no, what what I'm saying is Montreal, yeah, from what he's saying, he wants someone that's a little bit closer to the NHL ready. And yeah. I don't see either Levy or Petrillo any closer than say Dobes or DeChow, really. Uh I think Levi might be a little bit closer. Petrillo might be a little bit closer. Uh, I know Dobesh would be, would say otherwise because, you know, Petrillo plays for Michigan and they hate each other because, you know, it's Michigan and Ohio. Mm-hmm. People who know, know. Um, but I mean, I don't know. They could easily just go in and draft slightly older goaltenders like uh, Thomas Chanik who's 20 years old. He's in the draft this year. So if you're looking at most managers would look at layering their prospects instead of having all 24 year olds, you know, you're going to have a 23, a 20 and 18, just so you have some rollover. And that's my expectation. They might go for a Levi. They might go for a wolf or they may just draft a guy who's a little bit older. Yeah, they could do that too. Or it's going to throw us a curveball, and they'll fucking sign Craig Anderson or something. <laughs> 49, 473-year-old Craig Anderson's coming out for his 400th millionth game. Yeah. He's still playing well, though. He is. Yeah. For a shitty team. Yeah. Well, I think he's injured Halak, right now. Halak he? is still out there. Yeah, and with New York, is he? He's with the Islanders. He's no. with the Rangers. Yeah. Rangers. The Rangers, right? Yeah, the Rangers. Yeah, they're gonna trade both so, goalies, and they're gonna bring back fucking Craig Anderson and Brian Elliott. <laughs> oh no, bring Halak back home. There you yeah. go. That'll that'll make everybody happy. <laughs> she never traded him. Oh my God, where's my Halak sign? My Halak <laughs> stop sign. I can't fit into my jersey anymore. <laughs> Just bring back David. Uh, all right. So Christopher <laughs> Huey. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Steve Hayward. Brian Hayward. Brian Hayward. Andy Moog. Steve Penny. Get Andy Moog out here. It, it was kind of funny you got that mixed up because Steve Penny got traded for Brian Hayward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that Winnipeg, uh, the Winnipeg trade. Matt's like, oh, he goes, I have no idea who these people are. This must have been back in the 80s or something. That's before I was born. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all right. So well, why don't we finish off with uh, Harris? So Jordan Harris signed his two-year contract extension of $1.4 million per season uh, as the average. Um, I think this is an excellent signing. I think it's a great signing, but now I wonder, because they're going to have to trade one of those left-handed defensemen. Sure. And to me, I think Harris is the one that's going to get traded. But um, 
Well, doesn't this add to value then? Well, that, it's, that, it, it's a it good does. contract. It does add to value, but then again, you look at it too. It's like oh, I don't really want to lose Harris because I think he's a good defender. No, uh, but with the emergence of Jacki and Gooley and um, Harris and uh, still got Matheson there, still got <laughs> Matheson there long term. One of these guys got to go. Um, and you got the guys that are trying to, to mention come the up. guys that are coming up, like Struble yeah. and Norlander, etc. I, I I honestly don't think Struble's in the future for Montreal. I don't even think he signs with the team. You're not going to see Norlander. Norlander's done. Otto Leskinen's done. I don't think Leskinen was really in the long term plan anyway. No, but Norlander was for a time until he started getting injured yeah. every time he hit the ice. There's Adam Engstrom that you got to keep an eye out for a couple of years mm-hmm. from now. He is, he's, he's the next be... Jordan Harris. Yeah. Lane Hudson's coming up, although Lane's right handed, though, I think. Nope, he's no, left-handed. he's lefty. He's left handed. Yeah, Lane Hudson. He's going to be fighting for a spot. Um, right side, I think you're good because you're going to have Barron. You're going to have Logan Mayu. Um, Logan Mayo get learn how to play defense, but yeah. But although True. I will say, I read that interview, the clickbait interview that they had with him about, uh, 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 was it, uh, adversary or at going through adversity, uh, when really it was about the defenseman that died and how they the team came together it wasn't about Logan Mayo at all. Um, and he said he knows he ha- he's going to be better at his gap. Uh, you know his gap pressure. He got to be better at his. That, so he knows what he got to work on, which is uh, which is is good to half hear. the battle. It's good to hear knowing that he is knows. half the battle. Yeah, and uh, and Francis Bouillons loves him. So, and I'm close personal friends with yeah. Bouillons girlfriend. So, um... ex girlfriend probably by now. I don't know. It's been she, about she was... five years. He's. I don't, if he's a Leonardo DiCaprio type guy, she's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy happy no, 20 I mean, day. We're done. <laughs> yeah. And you've aged out. <laughs> but with with uh, Harris, that 1.4, for a guy who plays the style he plays, you'd never have to worry about him defensively. You'd never have to worry about him making a mistake on a breakout pass. He can, he has good controlled zone exits. He's good on transition. He'll net you a few points here and there. That's a quality contract. And if you decide to keep him great, if not, that adds value. And there's going to be a ton of decisions to be made here this summer about who to keep, who to let go. And, they got to find some help on the right side because Mayu and Baron, pretty much it for the uh, the right-handed defenseman in the system. Well, they're still going to have Savard if they don't trade him, but it's Savard's last year. I'm looking. I'm looking at the team two to three years from now. No, I, I get that. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. He won't be there. Yeah. He may not be there after this year. We don't know. But uh, yeah, may, like I say, May will be up there and. Bar- Baron will be up there, but they're not ready to be the top two right-handed. I mean, you never know. And even, yeah, never know. Mm-hmm. But even if they do top out their full potential, neither one's a number one. No, well, no, we don't have a number one defenseman. No. Mathis is not a number one either, although he's going to be branded as one because that's all we have. Uh, like Petrie was. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't have a number one defenseman we and we don't have that superstar player and we don't have a number one goalie. So there's still a lot of pieces. So the rebuild together. is going well, the rebuild's going well ish, but there's still pieces to be put together. And it's not like they don't have some good pieces to use to get those. I mean, they could trade players off. They've got 11 picks in this draft, including two in the first round and a very deep draft. They have two first round picks in 2024. So Hughes has the tools. And I still think he's going to get his first round pick for this draft. He's going to do something. He's going to get three, he's going to get three more. I, well, 
You heard it here first on the insider. Druin, Monahan, Edmonston. Huffman will probably get you first. Anderson, there's five right there. Damn. That's five, eight first round five picks. Five for Anderson alone. That's eight first round five picks. Five first for Anderson. Can you imagine having <laughs> eight first round picks and then picking them all? <laughs> yeah, but then with our luck, it'll be like when Boston made their three in a row. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Louis DeBrusque. Louis DeBrusque was one of those. He Jake, Jake had DeBrusque. something. Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, yeah, he had something. He yeah. plays like Louis DeBrusque. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not a Barzell Shabbat or Kyle Connor. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Before we cut out, though, we're on the topic of trades and picks. Would you Would you rather take a second or would you rather trade like a third or something for Kraftsov? Uh Because he's asked for a trade out of New York. He was drafted by, uh, by, by uh, Gorton. So would you rather give up a, a mid to late round pick instead of trying to dig your way in for another first and give a guy who was picked in the top 10, a second kick at the can to see what happens. I would, I trade a third for Kratz. So I think it's third and a prospect is what they're asking for. Third or a prospect. Oh, is it or? Okay, well, I trade the third. Yeah. See ya. Bye. You're you're trading a third round pick for a first round pick. Even if it doesn't work out, it's no different. Even if it doesn't work out, it's no different than having a third round pick. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like you. Matt, what about you? Oh, do you wait till he just goes on wait? Just wait till he goes on waivers when the Rangers start spending more money to try to. Go for a run at the cup. Well, Kratzoff's in the KHL right now, so they don't even have to put him on waivers. No, he's back. Not... Oh, is he back now? He's back now. Yeah, yeah. But that's part he... of the problem. He's back. He nobody's seen him play for a while because he's just constantly on the uh, healthy scratch list. If he plays, it's you know it's very few minutes. Uh, when did that's he why he's back? asked for the trade? Still... Was he back all year at the start of the year? Yeah. No, he's played, 20, he's played 28 games. I missed that. How many yeah. points? Six. So he's Lafreniere. <laughs> it's would, usage too, right? So I would, you know what? I would give the third because, like I said, if he doesn't work out, it's no different than your own third. It's no different than the third round pick you drafted. Right. You're you're really what are you losing? Yeah, you draft a third round pick. You've got a what is it? It's uh, it's was. It? 15% chance of an NHL player in three years time, something, something along like those that. lines. So you, now you got a guy who's actually got NHL experience and you got a 15% chance that he turns out to be okay. So you got him right now. You can see what happens. So it's no different. And if he doesn't work out, well, you got a better player for Laval. Right. Or not. And who cares? Yeah. Or yeah. Or you just he still him... got yeah, you just let him fucking walk just away because you still got away. those eight first round picks. Because <laughs> you just got eight first round, you got eight first round picks. We're drafting uh, everyone. <laughs> Every team, everywhere, everyone. Come on, Montreal. Down. Montreal is the twentieth through the twenty eighth draft pick. They're just going to stay up here and name off all their picks right off one after the other. Montreal drafts this guy, this guy, this guy, this this guy, and this guy. <laughs> And the, the drafts in Nashville, do you so? Do they give them a jersey and some cowboy boots? Ooh, maybe or a cowboy hat. I really hope they don't make it too cowboy related or themed. I really it's don't. Nas- it's Nashville. I, I know what it, I know. I know it is, but I don't want them to be like like Gary Batman comes out there. He's like, congratulations, like yeehaw. Here's some skull. like here's some skull, you know. Like, <laughs> yeehaw, we got a trade to make. <laughs> There's been a trade. Yeah, when he when I tip my hat like this, I mean, <laughs> I hope he has an accent. Oh, he comes I'm Gary Batman. There's a trade. Or, and this is a great marketing ploy for the NHL. Have Marty McFly from Back to the Future Three show up in his cowboy getup to show off Back to the Future Four. Wait a minute here. Michael Michael J. Fox can barely walk. How are you going to do that? 
Is he t- is he tipping his hat or is that just him? <laughs> oh. I, like you know. Do I give him a milk so I can have a shake or what? <laughs> okay, this is what dark quick. This is what dark quick. <laughs> Here, I'll change the subject. What's Cupid's favorite band? Nickelback. Kiss. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we'll end everything there because <laughs> Trey just killed the show with a dad joke. <laughs> well, I think I killed the show right before the dad joke. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to bring that up. We can. We were on shaky out, ground right? to begin with. Oh no. <laughs> Wait. Uh, all right. So, any final thoughts, Matt? That was a that was a quality dad joke. <laughs> um, just looking forward to seeing what the team's going to do over the next uh, four games. Their schedule is going to get a lot tougher. Uh, games against Carolina, Toronto, etc. But they seem to play well against good teams for some reason, and then they shut the bed against uh, not so good teams other than Chicago. So, um, congrats to Allen. Uh, first shutout of the year, first shutout for the Canadians this year. And uh, let's hope some of these players can get healthy and get some draft picks back or prospects or Dustin Wolf. Trig? Uh, that was pretty much the same as Matt saying. Like, uh, I know everyone's itching to uh, see a move and see whatever. I'd like, I'd like to see Monaghan and Edmondson maybe get a game or two in before the trade deadline. Uh, just to see what happens. I think Monaghan's your best bet of getting a first round pick and Edmondson. I think they're, they're, if you're not trading Anderson, they're your two best pick, best bets to get a first round pick. So hopefully they get some games in and we'll see what happens. And I would like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, our numbers have been rising. Uh, I'm sure it has something to do with Cryer Media helping us uh, get a little bit more uh, distribution but that just means more people listening more people checking in more people who are going to email us to tell us to stop making dad jokes because they have been emailing us on that and I'm, I'm acknowledging the fact that we've heard your pleas but uh, it's not going to happen sorry my new balance shoes don't have grass stains on them yet so we're going to keep going all right, I got one more. Oh God! What what's black and at the top of the stairs in a fire? Stephen Hawking. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> We're all going to hell. <laughs> 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 what? he's in a wheelchair he can't go down the stairs ah <laughs> uh, yeah so right. anyhow I'm, i would I'm like done. to so, so we were just talking about our ratings right and <laughs> <laughs> But on a more serious note, I want to say, I want to sh- give a shout out to our friends over at Habs Eyes on the Prize. Uh, they are now going to be going on their own. They're going to be independent. Uh, so please go check out our friends there. Uh, there's going to be opportunities to provide funding through Patreon or they're going to be, they're going to be providing us these links as they go, but they're going independent. So why don't we give them a little bit of support because they provided us great content over the last what 15 years so great people great content check them out uh obviously follow us too like let's not get crazy here it's about us mostly trag but you know we're in there too there's an oopaloompa joke in there somewhere This fall. Anyhow, three, I want three Oompa Loompas. <laughs> three. <laughs> so 
I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.